Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Ajlene. And I'm Gracie. And this is a podcast where we take a movie, we put them to both feminist and inclusive tests. Then we ask the most important question of them all. Is the movie good? And it's Pride Month. That's true. So to celebrate this, we're doing movies that are gay or lesbian. And lighthearted. And And lighthearted. Yeah, that too. Listen, there's enough going on in the world. We don't need to watch a movie like Boys Cry or that Hilary Swank movie. Like, we don't need to watch those. We don't need the trauma, okay? We want good, lighthearted, fun, hopefully not problematic shit. Yeah, good, (laughs) clean, fun. That's gay. And nothing's cleaner than this R-rated movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Here we... Well, no, it almost got an NC-17 rating. Which is so fucking stupid, because oh, yeah. this is this is a PG-13 movie. Like, when I found out it was R-rated, I was like, wait, what? You homophobic assholes? That's the only reason it's rated R. Oh, yeah. It's because it's a gay movie. Yeah. I, I and and I will say this was probably the first gay movie I ever watched that like really you know really got me and like made me realize that I'm bisexual. So it's her root. It's my root. That's true. <laughs> oh, <come> on. <laughs> which is a thing in this movie, which we'll get into. Um so yeah, this movie is called But I'm a Cheerleader. It came out in 1999. 39% critical, but 74% audience. A lot of people like this movie that aren't critics. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And considering the critic circle is very old, very white, and very male, uh, not I, surprised. I have a, I have a, you know, feeling that maybe, just maybe, the critic circle was pretty homophobic with this one. I mean, uh, I will say, though, Roger Ebert said that this was a funny movie. Hey. So, there you go. yeah. Like, he liked <laughs> it, so there you have it. And he's very well respected. Yes. What did Leonard Malton think? I, you know what? I, do, I guess I could look it up. Oh, don't. No, that's fine. We got one super hard-ass critic that said it was good. I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was directed by Jamie Babbitt. Babbitt she, she directs a lot of stuff. Um, she's directed a lot of episodes of Silicon Valley, uh, Girls, Aquafina's Nora from Queens, Russian Dolls, Gilmore Girls. Uh, it was Mar- also written. Huh? Mar- she also did The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and The L Word. True. Yeah. Um, it was written by J- Jamie Babbitt as well. Uh, there's another movie that she wrote because she's wrote a short in another movie. And the other movie is like this take on... Uh, feminism and like uh, fighting the patriarchy I think I guess I don't know but it's called the itty bitty titty committee (laughs) and I was like okay I'm totally watching that after I've watched this Uh, it was also written by Brian Peterson which it surprises me that this particular person wrote on this movie because the rest of his stuff is like the Beauty and the Beast TV show remake Smallville the hot zone, like, sci-fi fantasy stuff. He also so, did Salem, so... Yeah, like, a lot of sci-fi and fantasy. <laughs> it's just 
surprising that he worked on this movie. Um, now, cast. Boy, uh, this cast is pretty fucking loaded. Um, Natasha Lyon plays Megan, uh, the main character. She was in Orange is the New Black, Russian Doll. Uh, she's worked with Jamie Babbitt before. Um, she's Megan's- been in a lot of things, like, yeah. whether it's, um party monster or she was in american pie like that's what i remember her from Mm -hmm. like back in the day so yeah like she's had a steady career yeah again these like when i say this has a huge cast i mean a huge cast in the sense that like there are so many people that you would recognize from other movies that are really popular and maybe they're not superstars but you see them yeah um like, Megan Stoll plays uh, Megan's mom, Nancy. Uh, John Waters movies. Basically, every single John Waters movie she's uh, been in. Yeah, she's been in every single one. Um, she was, she's considered a dreamlander, so. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Williams is in this movie for a second. <laughs> uh, she plays Kimberly, which is like a cheerleader. She's like a cheerleader in the first, like, ten minutes, five, ten minutes. Um, she's got a huge career now. Foss Verdon, Blue Valentine, um, unfortunately, uh, The Greatest Showman. <laughs> Great yeah. songs. Very much not historically accurate. Um, then we have RuPaul as Mike. RuPaul, of course, famous for RuPaul's Drag Race. And a lot of other stuff. Uh, fun fact, though. Uh, Natasha Lyon and um, Kali uh, Duvall were both on RuPaul's Drag Race as guest judges. Mm. So yeah. obviously they're friends. RuPaul yeah. is... A very famous f- drag queen who has put um, drag into the forefront, but has some pretty problematic views on trans people. And uh, yeah. other parts of the drag community that is not um cis male at uh, yeah gay male at birth yeah exactly (laughs) cis gay men um Mm. yeah because he is not keen about drag kings or afab queens or trans queens and uh drag is there there's a lot of different kind of drag out there all drag is valid, including mine. Yeah. Mine is the best. Okay. That's Aurora Borealis <laughs> on over on Instagram. Hey. Uh, she has won a pageant before. I have. Um, I miss Fall Fest. Nice. Uh, so we also have Kathy Moriarty in this movie. She plays Mary Brown, best known for movies like Crazy in Alabama. Most people will know her from Casper and... She's also in Casper Meets Wendy, <laughs> where she plays one of Wendy's aunts. Is she really? <laughs> yeah, she plays her Aunt Jerry. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, I know. Oh god, little baby Hillary Duff. <laughs> um, then like we have Eddie. Movie. It was. It was her first role. <laughs> it's and it's absolutely terrible. Like it is a bad movie. <laughs> 
but I was so excited to see a new Casper movie. I didn't care. Um, Eddie Cibrian is in this movie. Now, Eddie Cibrian is not a huge star. Um, he's been in stuff like Sunset Beach and The Cave. The only reason I'm even mentioning him is because the only reason I even know who he is is because I am a guilty pleasure watcher of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, not RuPaul's Drag Race. Of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Getting my, uh, my reality shows mixed up. Yeah. Um... And, like, there was a castmate called Brandy Glanville, or that's her name, and she was on quite a few seasons back. But anyway, she was married to him, and then while she was on the show, or just before she got on the show, he cheated on her with Leanne Rimes, and now he and Leanne Rimes are married. That's that's his claim to fame. (laughs) Like, that's what I know him from. Uh, But he plays rock. Now, we also have Melanie Linsky in this movie as Hillary. I was like... Oh my god, it's Jacqueline from Ever After. <laughs> I know. She's been in a lot of stuff too though, like Yeah, she's we're years. gonna talk about her later, uh later this year. Um well next month actually, because we're doing Coyote Ugly next month, so Oh my god, are we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you Yeah, I'm excited. Um it's our bad movie month and the critics say Coyote Ugly is bad, but you know what? I Fuck love it. <laughs> Fuck those haters. Fuck those also, haters. That um, movie's amazing. Leanne Rimes. Like, Leanne Rimes. We just oh. talked about her. With Eddie Cyprian. Huge part of Coyote Ugly. Man. Basically sang the entire soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, this, uh... Th- this is a weird degree of separations. <laughs> but, you know. Um, Clea Duvall plays Graham. She was in Girl Interrupted. Like, I love that movie. That's an Angelina Jolie, Winona Ryder movie. It's very good. Um, I, I highly recommend that. It's one of my favorite dramas. Uh, Catherine Town plays Sinead. She was in Mulholland Drive. She was in Evolution. Katrina Phillips plays Jan. Of the ones I'm mentioning, she's really one of the few that hasn't had a steady career. Uh, her last stuff was like 2006. But she was in um, Venus and Beyond Lovely. Joel Michaeli plays Joel. He's been in The Comeback Trail, was in the 2018 Little Women Dante Bosco plays Dolph. Everybody knows him as Rufio from Hook. <laughs> that's who so, he was. Yeah, Rufio. That's like when I saw him, I was like, oh my god, it's Rufio. Like, I was texting Angeline while I was watching. I was like, dude, there's so many people in this movie. Um, Kit Pardue is in this movie. He plays Clayton. Uh, remember the Titans. <laughs> Okay, the other thing I want to say about, uh, like, Dante uh, Bosco, he also does voiceover work now, and he's most notable for being uh, Zuko in uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, who is, like... Which is now on Netflix all seasons. (gasps) Really? Oh, I gotta watch that show. (laughs) Listen, okay, so we're recording this on the same weekend that Avatar The Last Airbender went on Netflix, the same weekend as The Great on Hulu, and Hollywood on Netflix, and I was just like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just... Yeah. No, it's, uh... <laughs> we have a lot. <laughs> okay, anyways, go on. Um, and finally, Douglas Spain plays Andre. He was in Band of Brothers, and he's gonna be in a upcoming movie called Holly Weird, so he's still doing work. Um, now, let's talk about this movie. I think the first thing I want to mention is that the aesthetic, even though it's a movie that's set in the late 90s, 
It yeah. has like a 50s aesthetic in so many ways. I think, well, obviously that was kind of um, what they were going for, right? Yeah, With, they're satirizing gender norms. Well, yeah, and the whole idea of like the 1950s of um, like suburban hellhole, right? And that's kind of the idea is like, her family lives in these cookie cutter houses where all of them look the same and it's the perfect, you know, American family. Um, two parents, one daughter, right? She's a cheerleader. She has, you know, this boyfriend that, uh, you know, is good looking and she's got all these friends, but there's something a little bit off about her. Something yeah. that's not quite right. I also love the soundtrack to this. Oh, it's got a so lot good. of 50s and 60s doo-wop notes to it. And I'm just like, it. it's weird, but it tracks. It definitely helps with this. Because even she dresses like a 1950s teenager. Like, oh, yeah. The type of uh, cheerleader outfit she wears, the type of outfit she wears throughout the whole movie... Like her, very, her hairstyle, like her hairstyle is so 1950s swing. Like mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I, I like I, I, I was guessing that was you know the aesthetic was super important to because obviously like the whole entire movie like when she's at the conversion camp like they're doing 1950s housewife stuff. Yeah. Um. So that's the thing, right? So she is. Uh, supposed to be like the epitome of a high school you know a sunny high school senior all american Um, girl but her her friends and her boyfriend you know uh she she like mentions to her friend she's like yeah don't i don't really like kissing my boyfriend and then god those kissing scenes were gross yeah they were pretty gross (laughs) um and then there was also the fact that like she has a picture of like Uh, a girl in her locker which was supposed to be like evidence that she's you know gay and then she's also interested in veganism and And she has a melissa etheridge poster i laughed so hard at the melissa etheridge poster i was like (laughs) i mean Uh, Just, it's either it's either melissa etheridge or uh katie lang Katie Lang, there's another one too. Oh god, ah, god, I can't think of her name. She's blonde, uh, leather and lace. Fleetwood Blondie? Mac. What's her name? Blondie. Mac. No, Fleetwood Mac. I can't remember her name. It's gonna drive me. Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Steve. But she's like, she's not a lesbian. No, but, but like, she is a guy, a gay icon. Exactly. That was my thing. I was like, it's Melissa Etheridge and Stevie Nicks. Like, I, I can't believe I couldn't think of Stevie Nicks' name. Oh, I hate myself. Girl. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they have essentially like this intervention, intervention, almost like, you know, she had a drug addiction, right? So this is yeah, with the help of... she's on the meth. Yeah. Uh, and this is with the help of ex-gay Mike, played by RuPaul. Um, and I gotta say, like, RuPaul plays a, a very, like, manly character in this one, like, or trying to be manly, right? Uh-huh. Um, but they, sur- you know, they surprise her with this intervention, and they're like, you know, you have to go to this uh, conversion uh, therapy camp, right, called True mm-hmm. Directions. 
where they have like a five-step program which is similar to the alcoholics anonymous 12-step program yeah and each step you have to like acknowledge that you have a problem and then combat the problem and then show that you have overcome the problem yeah and here's the thing she's not allowed to wear like proper clothes until she you know uh reveals that she is in fact a homosexual oh my god there's even that joke that mary says when they get there about how oh it's a good thing you brought her here because liberal arts colleges am i right and i'm just like (laughs) wow that's still a joke that's still a joke i have heard that joke recently recently (laughs) jesus but but that's the thing right like there is that joke of like oh well you know once you get into liberal arts college you're gonna you know like if you were straight going in you're not gonna be straight coming out (laughs) hey maybe being straight is not the norm and most people are even a little bit gay maybe sexual identity is on a spectrum (gasps) oh my god do you do you think that maybe I figured that out at the age of 16? Because that's what I did. I figured it out. <laughs> yeah, like, because even, okay, so, like, even we have a guy friend who is, like, he's got problems, but we love him. And even he is a little bit gay for other guys. Like, he fucking loves Henry Cavill. He said if he was gay, he would have sex with Henry Cavill. You know what that tells me? He's not 100% straight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that does. That's and, why and th- sexuality is a sliding scale. Well, exactly. Like, I mean, I it's almost like gender is fluid as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, I, like I say that I'm bisexual. I do like men a little bit more. But mm-hmm. there are times, it, it's almost like, you know, I, I, I've heard this um, allegory before. Is that the right word? I don't know. But, you know, like, oh, I really like cake. But man, cake that, pie. that fucking <laughs> pie looks so fucking good right now. And you know what? That's how bisexuality works. Like, you can be, you can like cake a little bit more than you like pie, but you can still like pie. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it, it's kind of on this, it, it, and then there's also, like, certain types, right? Like, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to like the cherry pie. I'm going to like the apple pie. Yeah. I'm just I saying, mean, like, it's so, it, it, it's not black and white. It's hella gray all over. Yeah, like, the idea of a binary doesn't even exist in, like, a death situation, right? Like, Death isn't even a binary situation because you can still be alive in other parts of your body, but one part of your body not be working correctly. Like, even for, you know, like, you can be brain dead, but the rest of your body still be working. Yeah. You know? Like, just saying, binaries don't really exist. It's just easier for people to process them. That's why we make binaries out of so many things. But that gray area is large. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah, well, that's the thing. So, yeah, like th- there there are a lot. And, and, and I will say this. There are a lot of dudes out there that are on the spectrum of like being bisexual one way or the other. But because 
you know, we we've deemed that only women can be bisexual and men can't really be bisexual. You're on the way to gay town or whatever. There's a lot of dudes out there that are very confused that, you know, end up going on Grindr to get something and then like completely are in the closet. And it and it's the way straight women treat (sighs) bisexual men is is fucking atrocious. Disgusting. Like of course, not all straight women, but a good number of them. Same way with, you know, not all men. A good chunk. Well, like, the, well, exactly. Like, I get, I, I mean, it's not all about me, but, like, I, I've heard stories from uh, bisexual men telling me, because, you know, I mentioned, I'm like, yeah, I'm bisexual. And they're like, yeah, I am too. I just don't really, like, tell people because, and I'm like, Oh, no, that's cool. Like, you know, whatever you're doing, like, you want to do, that's that's totally cool. Like, I'm not going to not go with a guy because he's bisexual. But women, but straight women will find out that a bisexual man has had sexual relationship with a guy and they will be like, oh, that's gross. That's disgusting. That's fucked up. Lesbian women do that too with uh, women. They're like, oh, you had sex with a guy? And it's like, yeah, bitch, I'm bisexual. (laughs) Like, come on. Yeah. Come on, you guys. Like, let's not do this. (laughs) I Um, know it's like simplifying the situation. And and the other thing I want to say too, so we are recording this on May 17th, which is the International Day Against Homophobia, um, Transphobia, and biphobia which are all very real things um can i just say fuck binet though for trying to capitalize on a flag that doesn't even belong to them really Ugh, yeah they gross. they sent a cease and desist order to someone because they had they were using the bisexual flag which doesn't have a trademark or a copyright it's free for anybody to use mm-hmm and Binet was like, yeah, so, like, we own the flag and you can't do that because that's our design. And it's like, no, that's not how Binet, that works. no. God, I hate <laughs> corporate wokeness so much. God, I know. Fuck Oh, that. God. Um, anyways. Uh, so she gets sent to this camp. She meets other people that are there. You got Hillary, who is... <laughs> <laughs> Melanie Melanie is such a great actress. Like she plays like basically the girl that shows Megan around and she's like, "Yeah, so we all had to admit that we were homosexuals yesterday." Obviously, you didn't. But, you know, there's time. Oh, look, there's me. <laughs> and just she's just like a hoity-toity bitch type. Oh, I, I love guess. it. But it suits her. Like, it's it's a good role for her. You can tell she had fun with it, which I think the director said, like, when she was casting, she wanted Melanie as Hillary. Like, it's it's so <laughs> funny, too, because a lot of these I, I think the people who worked on this film really had a good time making this film because a lot of them have worked together again. Like, mm-hmm. um the the director has cast several of these people in her other movies and like the same I, thing so and i do believe that um natasha lyon and melanie linsky had worked together in something previously before this yeah and also so. um kali um duval had like she directed a movie and she had melanie in the movie as yeah. like the main character so yeah 
Um, so, yeah. Uh, which, Clea Duvall plays Graham, which Graham is a rich girl. Her family mm-hmm. is very affluent. Um, she is, of course, been sent because she got caught with her lover. Um, yeah. And so now her basic idea is fake it till you make it while also enjoying herself a little bit. And then, of course, there's also, um, oh, God, what's her name? Sinead? The one, yeah. the, Sinead is goth? a goth girl. <laughs> um, and she has, like, they have this little buzzer thing that they're supposed to hit themselves with it if they're having untoward thoughts about other girls. And she literally is, like, masturbating to it. <laughs> with it yeah she's masturbating with it and then like megan's like oh what are you doing because megan is like this good little christian girl who just happens to be a lesbian um and that she's suffering a huge identity crisis with that but um she's like she sees sinead just like over in her fucking bed going uh and she's like what are you doing and she's like oh I'm uh, you know like doing this thing where it's negative reinforcement you know like I give myself pain when I think bad thoughts so I associate it with pain but like you can tell she's enjoying it oh yeah like she is Graham even even makes a joke it's like how's the battery on your thing (laughs) like cause obviously you keep fucking it (laughs) that's a thing like this movie has like little things that happen and it's like mo it's like more homoerotic than and and, like that's the that's the joke right yeah um so megan has to sit in this gray ass apron in front of everybody and then like come to terms with the fact that the feelings she felt that she thought were natural, according to this place, are not natural. They're unnatural. And then she's like, I'm a homosexual. And she starts crying because she realizes that her entire life identity is, like, upended. And she's wrestling with that. She's a legit identity crisis, right? Because she's supposed to be a good Christian girl. And good Christian girls aren't lesbians. <laughs> Yo, that is, like, a serious thing. Like, I I know know they make it as, like, a joke thing, but, like, Listen, this entire movie is a dark comedy because they're making jokes, but these conversion camps are fucking nightmares. They're a lot of times super abusive. Um, You know, they don't help anyone. Not really. Uh... Like, they basically, like, abuse you into hating yourself and putting yourself down for something that you can't help. Like, nobody chooses their sexual orientation. And this was during, like, this time period, right, where, like, I, I mean, in the 80s, it was, like, way worse. But, like, this time period, we were starting to first, like, see... Uh, like gay people on TV, like Will and Grace, or but it was still super stereotypical. Like, I yeah, mean, like you know, Jack friend, from Will and Grace is 
super Ooh, fantabulous <laughs> yeah and and it was the same with um like any gay characters that they had on friends or any of those other tv shows they were all very like i think this was just after ellen had come out who she's garbage now but that was kind of a big deal yeah god damn it ellen you used to be wholesome until we realized what a terrible person you were yeah she got her Uh. tv show and that was it anyways so the other thing too is this this is honestly like really sad like yeah like it's honestly terrible because like they have this parents therapy thing that all the kids go to because the basic plot of this movie is they're learning um to like be hetero take yeah, be hetero. Take on more traditional gender roles, right? Like, the women are supposed to be caretakers and mothers, and the men are supposed to be manly men who fix cars and spit and chop wood, you know, like, it's so dumb. Yeah, it's <laughs> so dumb. But, like, that's kind of the point of this movie, that, like, not everybody is... Going to be this, you know, 1950s stereotype. But I mean, like. Which it. There's also this one part that's honestly so sad to me. And it's when Jan, like, starts crying and she. Well, I'm going to say he. He goes, I'm not homosexual. I'm not homosexual. I like guys, but I want to be a man. Oh, and then and then they quit, and then he quits. And I'm gonna say he because by the end of that, you knew that Jan was, you know, trans. Oh, did you miss that? I did. Yeah. Yeah, like he runs out, going, you know, like I'm not homosexual. I just want a wiener, and then he runs like out of the room and says, "I quit the stupid program." Yeah. So. Yeah, there was trans representation in this film, um, and they kind of played it off as a joke, but it honestly hit a little too real, and I was like, mm, yeah. It- well, well, yeah, because, I mean, that is a serious thing for a lot of uh, uh, trans men out there, that they essentially want to be gay men. And it's mm-hmm. like, or they wish they were gay men. And like, if you're wishing that you were a gay man, then you're you're a trans man. Yeah, it's, oh, uh, yeah, it it really saddened me because I was like, God, the the amount of abuse Jan took before he left, it fucking sucked. Like. Oh, God. And, like, everyone in this movie is abused. Like, um, Joel, not Joel, um, Dolph and Clayton get caught. And Mm -hmm. Megan, Megan snitches. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so Dolph gets kicked out and then Clayton gets put in an isolation hut for, like, weeks. Which is (laughs) basically, and you know what was so messed up? It's basically a fucking hot box. No. It was the doghouse. They didn't yeah. say it, but... He's in the doghouse. He's in the doghouse, which is, like, a const- construct of, like, 
you know, traditional male and female, like, 1950s of, like, oh, you're sleeping on the couch. Yeah, you're, you're in, in the, the doghouse dog now. now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... God, the use of pink and purple in this movie made me hate pink and purple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like, all the well, girls are dressed in this really hot pink, and there's a lot of pink and purple on the walls and on the carpeting, and then all the guys are dressed in blue. Yeah, yeah. So like, I think that was the po- like obviously yeah, the obviously. point, right? Of like, you know, because that's the other thing too. Like, the color pink being a feminine color, and why we make oh, it's a gay color. Oh, you're wearing pink, right? Is like, why, why? It's a it's a friggin' color. Why do like, we gender colors? What, why are we gendering is... colors? You know who gendered colors? The Nazis. And that and that's where that comes from. Yikes. Yeah. yeah think about that the next time you want a gender reveal cake. Yeah, because did you cause before blue was considered a female color and pink was considered a more masculine color for like little boys. Uh, and the reason why I know that is because well you, you read Little House on the Prairie, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so there was a big deal in Little House of the Prairie because uh, her sister got, like, a blue ribbon or something, and she got a pink ribbon. And I remember reading this at the time and going, oh, that's weird. Pink is more of a female color. Like, why would you want the blue ribbon? That's because it was switched at one point, and then it was switched again. And it's, like, it's a fucking color. Like... Why are we gendering? Why are we gendering things in general? I hate gendered language, too. Like, Spanish and French, like, all the romantic languages that do lay and la. Why? Why is a chair a feminine thing? I'm confused. (laughs) I am confusion. (laughs) That's a good vine. But, like, that is, like, le le chase. It's la chase and, like, uh le maison and i'm like why but that's the thing too with the thing i will say about uh like french right like they do they do tend to gender things but then there's also the fact that um when they say you they use the word vous right Mm -hmm. which means like all i hit my mic um (laughs) all of you out there right or Mm -hmm. like they Mm -hmm. rather than um, but then they also gender that a little bit with eels and L's, but yeah. like you can just use vus for everybody and like, mm-hmm. and, and that's a gender neutral term. That's why in French. I say y'all. Y'all. Exactly. Y'all is gender neutral. Um, so one of the things that happens in this movie is Megan, while dealing with her identity crisis, finds herself becoming very close to and very involved with another housemate, Graham. And it turns out that she has sexual feelings for her. She has a crush on her. She desires her. And she doesn't know how to deal with that because it's the first time that she's acknowledging those feelings as real and valid while in a place where if those feelings are shown, she'll get kicked out. And her parents have said... Yeah, if you decide to become a full-on lesbian, you're not allowed back at our house. They're saying this to their 17-year-old daughter, which is definitely something that LGBT youth 
uh, LGBTQA plus youth deal with. Most of the homeless teenagers in the U.S. are LGBTQA plus. Yeah, that's most of them. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. It's so <laughs> fucked. It makes me so fucking mad. Like because how, it's like how could you possibly have a child and say you love that child conditionally and call yourself a fucking Christian and then kick that child out of your house when they are young or abuse them because they weren't born the way you wanted them to be. Fuck you. Fuck mm-hmm. you. Like that's not very Christian behavior. <sighs> You'll find that a lot of Christians aren't very tolerant of Christian behavior. Just so you know, Jesus was a socialist. He hated people. He hated rich people. He hated them. He absolutely <laughs> like he even said, uh, you know, a camel can get through an eye of a needle before a rich man can get into heaven. So yep. like, obviously, I'm not a Christian anymore, but. Like, I'm just saying. Oh, oh, is that is that what you? Are you? Oh, what yeah. are you? Um, I would consider myself agnostic because I'm not like full atheist yet. But like, <laughs> you're going down that road, though. <laughs> listen, my conversion has been happening for two years, two three years now, and it's just like there's a lot of stuff that does not make sense to me, and I can't get a straight answer on it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah, so they've got the situation. She's in this situation, which is actually a very real scary situation for a lot of uh, children out there, especially like in um, Christian communities or um, smaller towns uh, or just areas or or even cities like the conservative parts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's also, like, a lot of, you know, parents that pretend that they're, like, liberal-ish, right? Until they find out that their kid's gay and they're like, you know, it doesn't... Well, it's just like, you know, we did Love, Simon last year, right? And, like, the dad was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally down with the gays, you know? Yeah. And then he found out that his son was gay. And it took him it took him time to come to that realization and realize he was being homophobic and then, like, get over it, like... He had enough growth of character to say, yeah, the way I reacted was fucked up, you know, but also I love you. But he had to reconcile with himself that he still had homophobic feelings, right? So it's, it's just like racism isn't erased just because you're a liberal. (laughs) I mean, like, just because you say you believe in these things doesn't mean you actually believe in them when you're put to the test. (laughs) Yeah. You can say that, but performative liberalism is not the same as being progressive. So, yeah. <laughs> so, then we've got... Um, we, we go through, like, these different steps, by the way, uh, for the, like, True Directions program. There's admitting that you are homosexual, which is step one, and then rediscovering their gender identity... By performing stereotypical gender-associated tasks, which is step two. Finding the root of their homosexuality through family therapy, step three. (sighs) 
mis- demystifying the opposite sex, step four. And then step five is stimulating heterosexual intercourse. So, oh, God. So basically dry last, rubbing. That last step was so fucked up. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, man. It made me uncomfortable. But I could kind of see where, like, the um, John well, Waters in, influence like, came in. They were, in. like, in Adam and Eve, like, sort of outfits. And, I, and, and you're right. Like, that John Waters influence was absolutely there in that moment where they were like dressed like adam and eve and then they had the flower for the girls and like god she just laid there on the bed while he was dry humping her and i was so uncomfortable because she looked dead inside and i was just like oh god i hate it i hate it so much (laughs) um so this, of course, you know, is a situation. Now, the True Direction kids uh, decide, like, end up going out one night to the local gay bar. And there's uh-huh. two former students who are considered XX gays. That's Larry and Lloyd, which one of them's played by uh, Richard Mole, who was bull in Night Court. I just wanted to mention that. Uh-huh. Um, but they take the campers to this gay bar. And that's where Graham and Megan... Um, the relationship develops into a romance and it's actually pretty sweet. It is. But of course, um, (coughs) uh, Sinead is not happy because she was really into Graham. But, you know, they go back to the house and they kind of like flirt with each other like even under uh, even under Mary's nose. Um, And then they like have to pass this test of like... Well, because what ended up happening was Mary had discovered the trip and then they all had to go and picket Larry and Lloyd's house with... God, it was awful. <laughs> with these, like, place Terrible cards sounds. that were something out of the Westboro Baptist Church. And it was, like, the one that Megan was holding, holding was actually something that I've heard before. Like, people saying in the early 2000s. And that was silly F-word. Dicks are, Dicks for, are chicks. for chicks. Yeah. Instead of tricks over kids. Yeah. No, I've I've heard Yuck. people say that. Gross. Yep. Yeah. It's um, gross. So yeah, they they go back to the house and then like they they have to go through this testing. Like their phase four is going through this testing before they do the like um simulation thing, and everybody passes except for Andre, who is very flamboyant. And then he's like, just because I can't do manly stuff doesn't mean that I'm, you know, straight, which he's, you know, definitely homosexual. But it also, like, brings to light that why do we gender activities? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, why is fixing a car a manly thing? I don't, like, oh, God. It's just such a weird thing. Like, if you break down gender norms and you look at them you have to ask yourself well why why is this considered a man's job why is this considered a woman's job it's just so strange it's just it's so funny because like um so i'm more of a femme person i definitely am not a fudge at all i'm more of like femme butchy femme like on that because there is okay so gracie doesn't know this but there is it's called the Fuchs spectrum and there's high femme femme butchy femme 
Butch, and then there's um, Butchy, like, there's something else, and then it's, like, Hard Butch or something, <laughs> right? I'm not joking. This is, like, a thing. I'm listening. Right? It's, it's the idea of, like, lipstick lesbians and stuff, right? And uh, I'm more of on the, like, femme spectrum because, uh, like, I like... I don't like doing stuff girl. outside. <laughs> I, I am. I'm a little bit more of a girly girl. And this is the reason why I do drag queen rather than drag king is, I, which I do want to kind of play a little bit with drag king, but I'm, I'm more, I like doing high femme. I just, I like being girly. I love being in dresses and, you know, doing the whole thing. And like, like your dream was to be a Barbie doll when you were younger. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I liked all that stuff. Like there's times where I like slowly go into like the things that are a little bit more on the, like the other side of it. But I like indoor activities. I don't want to mow a lawn or do any of that shit or fix a car. Like I don't even like cars. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, my brother was at my door, and my doors. Rebel did that. Jesus Christ! All right, get out of here because I'm recording. Shut my door. Shut my door. Ashley, you're gonna have to edit this out. Maybe. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. Like seriously, my door like shook. (laughs) <laughs> and it scared the shit out of me. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, she and Graham, like, start to, like, have this romantic relationship. And it uh, basically becomes a thing where they actually do have sex together. The problem and is... It, the music was so good for that moment. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was, like, a really sweet... I, I loved how they filmed it because it wasn't... You could definitely tell a woman filmed it. It was oh. a woman's gaze and it was not for the male gaze. Unlike no. Blue is the Warmest Color, which was definitely filmed for the male gaze. Yeah, this one was actually... Like, even the little moment where they were talking together and she's like, yeah, you're going to think this is stupid. And Graham's like, no, I won't, right? And she tells her, she's like, yeah, I just really like cheerleading. Like, it makes me so happy. And Graham, like, kind of laughs a little bit. But it's just, like, a really sweet moment. And then it kind of shows them, like, kissing a little bit more. But, like, it's an intimate scene. Yeah, Yeah, it's a very intimate scene. It feels intimate. It feels real. It feels realistic, right? But problem is, Sinead saw him sneak out. And Sinead snitches. (laughs) Yeah. And so Mary sets them up with a thing. She goes, you can either, she talks with uh, Megan, Megan first. And she says, here's the deal. You can uh, stay in the program and do the sexual like su- simulation with Rock or you get kicked out. And Megan's like, you know what? fuck this and fuck you I am gone and she thinks Graham's gonna do the same thing but Graham is feeling pressured from her parents and doesn't want to be alienated from them um and she's terrified and she agrees and so Megan of course is heartbroken she ends up going to uh What's their face's house? Larry and Lloyd's house. Yeah, right? Larry and um, Lloyd's house. Uh, and then she discovers that Dolph is there. Yeah, and the way Dolph is 
like acts or whatever he's like yeah i'm just i'm living my life and i'm so happy that i left like you know i'm i'm living my true life right now and you know they're gonna let me stay here let me find a job get on my feet like yeah sure there are a couple of rules we have to follow but it's a good thing and there's even this this like scene where the two guys have an argument (laughs) But then they get over it with each other, and it's such a healthy way to end an argument, because Mm -hmm. they're, like, fussing with each other, and then they both apologize for the way that they were wrong. (laughs) It was cute. I was like, oh, it was very healthy. We need more of that. (laughs) Yeah, we need those sorts of, like, role models in, in gay cinema. Like, that's the thing. Like, even though this is, like, a gay, it's a gay movie, Right? But it's, like, it shouldn't be considered that. It's, like, it, it was good to watch. It wasn't, like, it doesn't yeah. need to be in that I wish we had category. more movies like this that weren't cringy. Like, yeah. we had debated doing GBF, Gay Best Friend. I don't think we're gonna. I'm gonna have to look at the thing, but I don't. Not I for think a couple we de- years, at yeah, least. Yeah, I think we decided against doing it because, like, the reviews on it were just so mixed, and there were so many people that were like, God, yeah, this is a terrible representation of, you know, uh, pride and LGBT, and I just, ugh. I just wish... Didn't you always want a gay best friend? God. <laughs> oh, God. Like, I, I saw a lot of mixed reviews are like, is it satire, or is it, like, just a comedy? Like, are they trying to portray this as, like, a real relationship while it's a comedy? And it's just, like, obviously the message they were trying to send wasn't clear enough. Um, and it just sucks that so many of the GSRM community are <sighs> made the butts of jokes still. Like, we've definitely gotten better ever since, um, like, uh, countries and states started to recognize gay and lesbian people as people. We've gotten better, but we are in no way where we're, where we should be. No, um, I mean, like we're starting to finally, like I will straight up say, one of my favorite movies that we have done on this podcast um, was two years ago doing Saving Face. I love that movie, and we're actually gonna do uh, the newest movie that uh, that same director has come out with for for this month. Like, a different movie. Oh, is it the Netflix one we're doing? Yeah, it's the oh, same yeah, yeah, director. Yeah yeah, 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 that's right. Oh, man, more Asian representation. Exactly. I'm so excited. Yeah, because that's another thing, like, doing this podcast. God, the absolute lack of Asian representation. We're probably going to end up doing an Asian representation uh, month next year at some point. Like, just because I literally can think of three movies we've done did we do crazy rich asians no, no we haven't done that one yet. no but see like the only ones i can think of are crouching tiger hidden dragon which we haven't done the only two that we've done on pod are saving uh saving face and um the joy luck club yeah right? that's two movies we're on like episode 130 120 yeah. you know like what the fuck two out of a hundred that's insane. And, and we try to do, like, we, we try to put a lot of different um, representation out here. I, I will say, like, for this time period of what this movie came out, th- there was a lot of um, 
Like, I mean, there was a lot of white people, but... I mean, I guess were... we could count Mulan, because we did do that for Princesses of Color Month. So, yeah, oh, that's three, true. three Asian movies out of all the movies we've done. But, but this movie in particular did have, uh, for the time period, there was a lot of, like, uh, white people, but there were people of color in this movie, mm-hmm. which was nice. Yeah, it's, it's a step. <laughs> yeah. A small one, but... Yeah, mm. man, I saw somebody saying make Percy Jackson black for the new Percy Jackson Disney Plus thing just to make the racist mad. And like, mm, I mean, I wouldn't mind it, but I know that Disney's not going to do it. Like, no. <laughs> though, I did have uh, I did watch somebody the other day, uh, Kendall. Um, Kendall Kenny JD on YouTube, I think is her name. Uh, she does bad movies in a beat. It's really fun. Um, but she recently did like a bad movie in a beat movie where she was like, yeah, so like the black guy is the worst guy in the movie. But I like to con- consider that progress because that means that out of all of the actors, he was the least shitty. <laughs> you know, and they decided to give it to a shitty black guy actor. And she's like, is that progress? <laughs> And I said, oh, no. Oh, honey. Uh, okay, uh. so, um, yeah, so, like, hey, she hey. goes she goes to this place, right? Mm. Uh, Dolph is there. He's, you know, trying to, like, jumpstart his life, right? But he says to, he says to her, he's like, you're, you're better off here than you are back there, right? And then the two of them decide to uh, infiltrate the True Directions graduation ceremony, right? To rescue Um, Clayton and to rescue Graham. And and Dolph easily gets Clayton to come. Clayton is like, hell yeah, I'm on board. I'm fucking done. (laughs) Um, But then Megan tries to get Graham to join them as well which but Graham doesn't not at first yeah she uh, she declines right and then she Megan comes in and it's like a little bit of a cheesy part but I don't care I thought it was cute and she performs a cheer because that's what she loves to tell her that she loves Graham and that Graham should come with them and that wins Graham over and then they drive off with Dolph and Clayton and then like Megan's dad gets on board. And well, both a, up- it was Megan's dad and mom. They're both attending uh, a PFLAG uh, uh, meeting Parents. to come to terms with their daughter's sexual or homosexuality. Yeah, it's it's cute. It's like, well, at least her parents learned. Yeah. So. There's that. So it ends on a happy note, but the conversion camp is still open, so it's not that happy. Uh, no. No, which, that's a... Oh, have they made conversion camps illegal no. where you are yet? Oh, nope. for fuck's sakes. Nope, and our vice president really loves them. Yeah. Mike Pence, big proponent of them when he was governor of Indiana. Uh, so the homophobia goes all the way to the fucking top, which, you know... A lot of liberals uh, who are big in politics also were not on board with LGBTQA plus rights until it became a mainstream thing that most people supported. Uh, that's why 
I don't have a lot of respect for people like Dianne Feinstein, even though she is a Democrat. It's because she's a terrible person. Uh, there's yeah. an entire dollop episode on how she's terrible, which I highly suggest everybody listen to because, you know, to be a progressive is fighting two horns on the same goat, you know? You're, yeah, one side is a little bit better, but boy, capitalism is king above all else in this country. I shared a meme with Ajeline earlier today where it was that, um, you know, boyfriend meme where the boyfriend is looking <laughs> back at another girl and it was basically like, oh, God, Ajeline, what did it say? <laughs> oh, it said um, profit and it had the U.S. flag as the boyfriend and then it said saving fucking people's lives yeah and it's just like that's that's the usa right there like because the boyfriend that's looking back at the girl that says prophet he's whistling at her and the upset girlfriend is you know saving people's lives it's like america is all about money that's why um even though as of this moment we're closing in on ninety thousand deaths and we'll likely reach a hundred thousand before this episode even airs probably a hundred and twenty thousand before this episode airs um, Which is you know where we're, we're uh, getting back to normal. We are four and a half percent of the population, and right now twenty eight percent of all deaths in the um, entire world. Yeah, we're doing. So the great. other thing I I want to say too, because um, this is something I actually just looked up. Um, so there are municipalities in Canada that have banned conversion therapy. Uh, like some in Alberta, Vancouver, etc. Right, but it's um, not an but, overall ban. But it's not an overall ban yet in Canada. It was announced that they're introducing legislation to criminalize conversion therapy related to conduct in Canada. That was uh, announced March 9th of twenty twenty, so just this year. I don't know when the actual amendment will go through, but there is a step. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, how many fucking years did it take? Yeah. Uh, apparently there are 20 states that have 20 out of 50, um, that have banned conversion therapy. Uh, the first was New Jersey in 2013, California 10 days later, 2013, then Oregon, Illinois, and Vermont, which were 2015, 2016, 2016. The most recent ones go into effect July 1st in Virginia. July 1st in Virginia. So, um, but there are municipalities like uh, Miami Beach, Florida, West Palm Beach, Florida. Like, the state isn't, but the municipalities are. So, yeah. Well, that, that's, like, there are some um, provinces that have legislation saying that conversion therapy is not insured under the health service and they have banned healthcare professionals prof uh, from providing treatment to minors and that includes Ontario, Nova Scotia, and PEI. So like it's there in the country but mm -hmm. it's not overall yet and once it is then we fucking have won because yeah that is the worst thing that you can do to a to a young person who is trying to make their way in the world. Um, and to make things even sadder, Minnesota actually uh, voted to incorporate HF12, which would ban conversion therapy, 
Um, and on April 30, 2019, the Minnesota Senate voted to strike that section in a vote of 30, 34 to 30. So, yeah. It fucking Isn't sucks. Minnesota, though, like, one of the highest rates of uh, teen suicide because of that? Um, I'm actually not sure. They're- I don't know suicide rates off the top of my head. I, I read um, something years ago about how there was a lot of like uh, LGBT I know Utah. Plus. I know Utah has a very high su- suicide rate for teenagers, but that's very very Mormon country, and mm. Mormon Mormonism is super anti LGBT. Super yeah. like it's like mainstream Christianity. Um, there's a few sects of mainstream Christianity that are more accepting of it or that do accept it as valid. Um. But then there are harsher sects like Mormonism and Seventh-day Adventist and Pentecostal Holiness and Southern Baptist who are just like vehemently anti-LGBT. And if you have sections of the country that are predominantly that denomination, you'll see higher suicide rates. Because, you know, um, not everything can be cured with prayer. So not that you need to be cured. Like... You're, you, there's nothing wrong with you if you are someone who identifies as LGBTQA+, or any part of the gender, sexuality, or romantic minority spectrum. You are valid. So, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry to end that uh, great movie with such a depressing note. Um, I don't really I think have... It's a- I think it's just something that's important to kind of like to talk about. Well, I mean, the entire movie is about conversion therapy. And just so you guys know, conversion therapy does not work. It makes people hate themselves. Yeah. And they either decide to stop with the things they learned in conversion therapy or they kill themselves or they live and hate themselves and the stress kills them. Like... It's fucked up. It's a terrible thing you can do to a person. Yeah. Fucking terrible. Um, um, I do have one thing about this. Uh, I have trivia. Uh-huh. Okay. The song that Rock is dancing to is Party Train by RuPaul. Nice. Uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kathy Moriarty asked a character if she wants to be a Raging Bull Dyke. Um, Moriarty had received an Oscar nomination for Raging Bull in 1980. It's amazing what IMDb considers trivia. Let's take this this one line of dialogue and turn it into, this is what happened somewhere else. And even though there's no real direct, you know, like, showing that it was purposeful... We're Maybe we say. should make that the new si- segment for thanks IMDb. Thanks IMDb. Uh, well, <laughs> I like that. Let's do that. <laughs> From now on, we are going to take one horrible moment of trivia and go thanks IMDb. <laughs> yeah, like so that was stu- it. That was what you got. <laughs> That's a stupid IMDb trivia. Uh, like oh god, I can I can't think of anything specific, but it's always something obvious. It's obvious, and it's like, gee, really? Um. So tests. We have the Bechdel test. Uh, do you have two uh, female characters on screen alone talking about something other than a man? Yes. 
several times. It's pass. Then you have the racial Bechdel test. You have two people of color on screen alone talking about something other than a white person. I mean... I guess there are scenes where Mike and Dolph have a conversation, but I don't think they're ever alone on screen. No, I don't think they are. So, I'm gonna fail it, um, though it is nice to see some, uh, very little, but some representation that's not white. Some, but, like, not all that much. It's literally two characters in the whole fucking movie. Well, three. Um, well, yeah, three. Um, uh, and then, I forgot, I forgot about Jan. Um, then we have the Macomori test. You have a female character whose story arc is about pushing a male narrative forward. This happens with several of the female characters, so it's pass. And then you have Duvernay. Uh, do you have a person of color whose storyline is about pushing a white narrative forward? Uh, Dolph would be the only one that I would consider for this, and at the same time, um, he really is just, like, kind of plot fodder to help Megan rescue Graham, and, you know, yeah, I'm, no, it doesn't pass. Then you have the sexy lamp test. Can you have female characters in this movie that you can replace with sexy lamps and not take away from the plot? I mean, you could probably, I mean, you could Michelle Williams. You could get rid of Kimberly. You could get rid of Hillary. Um, yeah. Which is so. too bad, because I thought that, like, she did such a good she, job. She does capture the moment, but she really does not matter to the plot at all. Yeah. Like, she captures the scene, but she's not important. Um, so, yeah, that, that fails. And then, Vito Russo test. Is there GSRM representation? Do they matter to the plot? Do they have stories that... Um, you know, go outside of the typical, like, stereotypical representation, and I would say yes, there were several characters who kind of, like, negate the terrible stereotypes that, um, a lot of movies play into when representing LGBT GSRM people, so, yeah, yeah. uh, passes. So, I mean, three out of six, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's better than Mel Brooks' month. Yeah. Yeah. We've gone so long without a pass. <laughs> uh, Did any of the movies get a pass? I don't think so. No. Like, there's still one that we have to record while we're recording this one, but, I we, mean. Yeah. Well, so. that's the thing. We need to. Have you been still doing the um, the, the charts? Uh, I moved, and I kind of lost track of doing them. I'm going to have to go back and regressively, like, redo the charts and stuff and start updating our Twitter with them and doing percentages and everything. Because I also want to add the Vito Russo test to ones that we've already done that didn't have the Vito Russo test on them. So, um, it's going to take a minute because we've done over 100 movies at this point. So, going to have to give me... Give me a little time, but I will eventually do that. You Um, have until September. Oh, no. Um, I'm kidding. So, next week, uh, I do believe we are going to watch the Netflix movie, um, if you want to do that. Because we're doing, sure. we're doing um, the half of it, the birdcage, and uh, some documentary. I think the one about the old couple that owns, owns the gay porn store. Uh, either that one or there was the other couple that, um, 
we might have to do the 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 gay porn one because the yeah, other one we have a lot of lesbian stories this month yeah it just kind of happened that way sorry i you know what <laughs> there's way more lesbian movies than there are like actual gay movies that aren't you know like romances yeah. which is really unfortunate or they're like super yeah. sad Let's God, make some yes. more fun like, we were, gay romance. We, I want to start need... seeing some chick flicks, but essentially with gay romance. Thank you. Yes. Um, but also <laughs> not 2000s rom-com style rom-coms. No, no I don't mean, I don't <laughs> mean just... that. I mean, I don't, a little God. part of me kind of wants to see a few of those, like, like in that style. Uh-huh. Like if somebody made that movie, but like. Did it where it was like a gay couple like a, instead? It's a, completely normalized. Yeah. yeah, I I would love that. Yeah. Oh God, we dare to dream. <laughs> I, um, you know what? It, there probably is one out there. We just need to find it. So. Yeah. So we're we're doing the half of it, um, and then I think we'll do the birdcage, and then we'll end with the documentary, uh, whichever one, because there's two that we were looking at. Um, and then we're going to be doing Bad Movie Month. So we, we got it. We're, uh, yep. God, I am dreading Bad Movie Month because we have to finish off the Fifty Shades trilogy. <laughs> and Ashley and wants us to con- continue the Twilight stuff. But, like, I walked away f- from Twilight and I was like, eh, it's not that bad of a movie. It's just got a bad reputation. <laughs> you know what that's why we're doing them because is it just the reputation or is is it it that they're bad movies well new moon was my least favorite book no i take that back breaking dawn was the fucking worst but new moon is right up there (laughs) so oh and you know what i am a 28 year old woman but when i heard that they were releasing midnight sun my ass was like hell to the yes i'm going to read it do you think i care Absolutely not. Is it slightly problematic? Of course. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I feel ya. Because they announced, like, the same week, they announced that there was going to be a new Inuasha series. And I was like, Gracie's the first one who told me. And I was just like, yes! What? Listen, I was need- like. I was in Nirvana for, like, the full weekend. Considering the state of the world, we need things that spark joy. So. It's true. Um, anyway, we thank will see... Thank you, Marie Kondo. Yes, thank you, Marie Kondo. Anyways, uh, we will see you guys next week. We're going to be watching the half of it. So if you have Netflix, watch it and enjoy. So, okay. Bye. Okay, bye.